0: A criminal trial opened on Tuesday for two key leaders of the Trucker Convoy protest from 2022, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. The case touches on some of the deepest political divides in Canada today. In opening statements, Crown Prosecutor Timothy Radcliffe said that Leach and Barber's political views are not what's on trial. The actions that occurred during their movement's occupation of the Capitol, however, were.
1: Ottawa police confirmed several criminal investigations underway tonight. The disturbing scenes sparking outrage and widespread condemnation include people dancing on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at the National War Memorial and the statue of Terry Fox riddled with upside-down Canadian flags and protest signs. Police also investigating threatening behavior to officers, city workers and others along with damage to a city vehicle.
0: Lawyers for the defendants say this is really about Canadians' fundamental freedoms. Lawrence Greenspan, a prominent Ottawa lawyer representing Leach, said, quote, In a contest between constitutionally protected freedom of assembly and freedom of expression and property rights that are not constitutionally protected, there is no contest, unquote. He also said that he took issue with the Crown's use of the word occupation in describing the protests.
1: The lawyers have said we are not going to relitigate litigate uh, the purpose of the Freedom Convoy. This is about whether or not two organizers who, who protested peacefully should be held criminally liable.
0: Initially, there were parts of Canada's Jewish community who sympathized with the truckers. Though much of that goodwill soured after pictures emerged of flags with swastikas and Confederate symbols flying in the convoy. And the protesters continued equating of the requirement to show a proof of vaccination with the requirement of German Jews to wear a yellow star during the Holocaust. Even so, some Jewish-Canadian support for the so-called Freedom Convoy has remained strong. This is the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Today on our show, Ellen Besner speaks with two Jewish-Canadians about what was behind their continued support for the truckers, how they viewed those waving the Nazi flag, and how the pandemic's economic fallout permanently impacted their careers. We originally aired this interview back in 2022, but with all eyes on Leach and Barber's trial, I think it's well worth coming back to. I'm Zach Kaufman, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, September 6th, 2023.
2: Beth David Hebrew School is now accepting new students. One of Toronto's most dynamic, egalitarian, conservative congregations is offering personalized Hebrew lessons, hands-on learning, exciting field trips, and small group activities, all with a hot dinner included. This is Jewish exploration that will last your children a lifetime. Classes run weekly on Monday nights from 5 to 7.15 p.m. starting September 18th. To learn more and enroll, visit bethdavid.com or email adina, that's A-D-I-N-A, at bethdavid.com.
3: They're not truckers. One is a goalie coach from rural Ontario who runs a hockey school, and the other is a Chabad rabbi whose day job is in IT with the Canadian government in Ottawa. They're both vaccinated, and they both support the truckers' protests, except for the Nazi flag and the other racist stuff. And they both reached out to the CJN to tell their side of the protest story. They want you to know that the pandemic mandates have cost them their livelihoods. It's kept one of them out of shul. And they both think a lot of other frustrated people feel like they do, that their freedoms have been curtailed for too long.
4: Ultimately, we're complaining about noise and verbal harassment, whereas I've lost my means of income and purpose. And when I say I, you can insert anybody here. I just happen to be the person that you're interviewing, and I'm not the only person like this. And that's who is ultimately at these convoys.
3: Ellie Benziken and Lonnie Schwartz don't know each other, but they both decided to go public after they heard Monday's episode that we did with Ariel Troster. She's the Ottawa woman who was fed up with what she called the occupation of her city by truckers, and she came on to explain why she marched in the counter-protests on the weekend. Ellie Benzeken went down to Parliament Hill to see things for himself, to see whether the Freedom Convoy was indeed as full of hate and racism as he's seen in the news. The ordained rabbi lost his job with the federal government early in the pandemic, and he was off work for a year. In the meantime, he devoted his time to his art career, including painting pictures of the characters in the Israeli TV drama Shtissel. For his part, Lonnie Schwartz lives north of Belleville, Ontario, in Marmara, where repeated lockdowns have kept hockey arenas closed and kept the students in his hockey school off the ice and ate up his savings. We'll have both interviews. First, joining me now is Ellie Benziken from Ottawa, and then Lonnie Schwartz will come next. So let me ask you, uh, what motivated you to go and see it uh, firsthand instead of just staying home and away from all the, the craziness?
1: Well, um, it uh, I was motivated because I have been affected myself as we all have by the whole situation over the last 10 years, uh, last two years, I should say.
3: seems like 10 years. Um, I get you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like 10 years, <laughs> but um, in, in, in a few ways as, as, as well, religiously, as well as a Jew um, it affected me. And I was actually encouraged by seeing that because I do believe that a lot of our freedoms have been suppressed and uh, curtailed and it's necessary to speak up, the the truth is we we live in a democracy where um, the government should have a certain checks and balances, you know, as they say in the United States, and it seemed like there's no opposition. Uh, So there was no one speaking up for the other side to to perhaps look more critically at the science, at the medical interventions and the lockdowns and the restrictions, so I I really have felt that it, that it is necessary for someone to speak up and uh, about these freedoms. Uh, we do have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, ironically uh, put together by the father of the current Prime Minister, and uh, those seem to have been trampled uh, without legislation, without discussion in Parliament. So that, that really concerned me. Yeah.
3: I do have to jump in here with a point of order, as we say, and there oh. were legislation passed, there were regulations debated in the House of Commons, uh, as well as legislation passed in the provinces. So I just have to correct you on that point. Um, but let's talk about, so you went down to the protests to talk to some of the people.
1: Um, I watched one of the podcasts that you that uh, you did with a, 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 one of the counter-protests, and she was saying how wonderful it is to be with other people outside and to gather together. So everyone is enjoying the ability to sort of get out of this prison that we've been into. And uh, you know, the science, Omicron, um, what I've read and what I understand and what we've seen is is it's much less virulent than it was initially. So so there's it's a, there's, there comes a time where the restrictions should end, in my opinion, and that's um, that's where all this has come about. Like we've been questioning, like the the Talmud says that one of the questions we're asked when we when we leave this world is, and it's very interesting. Uh, in addition to the fact, were we honest in business? Did we set aside, aside time for Torah study? Another one is, it's not very well known, is did we understand things within under, within the matter? So I've read more than what the media shows. And, uh, and I've been questioning. I've been questioning. I mean, being a Jew means questioning. That's what the Seder is all about. And being a Jew means being free, not having the dominance of man over us to have the ability to question and uh, i didn't see much of that coming um and i've been kind of restricted from my own shul to attend synagogue and that's been uh difficult for me painful for me you know
3: well let's unpack what you mentioned there's quite a bit okay. here first of yeah. all you said that um it's impact the 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 vaccine mandates um and lockdowns have impacted your business your career describe what let's- happened in your job
1: well, in my job, I because of the security uh, where I worked, uh, I was not able to take my work home with me. It had to be contained in a in a, in a secure area. Uh, so I was let go from my work for for over a year. Um, I've begun working again, this time from home with a different department. Um, but uh, so that had an impact certainly. But you know what? Initially. When this first started, we didn't know what was happening. We all accepted the lockdowns, you know, and that was fine. We understood something serious was happening. Then as time went on, we didn't see a a relaxation of the restrictions. And that's what uh, brought us to there. So, I mean, I'm I'm working now, but I've only been working a couple of months. Uh, So it's been quite a long time that I was out of work. Um, And that's my situation.
3: What did you do do to, to get money and food in that time? Were you on CERB
1: or? or an managed, and we save. I did get a bit of CERB as well. Um, you know, I'm not the only income earner in the home um, and I do some other things as well. So, you know, we manage and we have our faith to keep us going and uh, we don't lose faith, you know.
3: But in terms of vaccination, how did you navigate personally that requirement or that
1: the vaccination was another, it was another uh, issue that I had a, had a problem with, but I did initially, my son is a doctor. Uh, he did encourage me to take the first one, um, but he was very much opposed to uh, the other one. The um, I forget the name now, but anyways, he told me to switch from the uh, AstraZeneca. There was many issues with that initially to switch to Pfizer. So I did that. And then I hesitated taking the second one. And I only took the second vaccine uh, when uh, I had a job offered to me. uh, And I knew that I'd have to make a choice. So I did it unwillingly. I felt I was coerced to do it. Um, We've been careful. We've been taking precautions and respecting people's spaces etc you
3: yeah. mentioned that going down to the uh was sort of Freilach in a way people were together they were they were having a good time as far as you saw right. right
1: um there is a positive atmosphere they're they're handing out food i mean it's i've never seen anything like this uh I, what really concerns me is restrictions and mandates that i feel um you know have have limited i'll tell i'll tell you what happened uh and I don't want to say where I, I go to synagogue. And obviously, people who will watch this, if they know me, they'll know where I'm, what I'm referring to. But I have to show my papers to go to go to pray in shul. And, and I had a problem. I had a big problem with that. Now you know, if, if the shul would have said, "Please only come if you're vaccinated," that's one thing. But they said that. Plus, I have to show my proof. They, they don't take my word for it. So, in other words, I'm a member. I've been there many years. You don't trust my word. You need to see proof. Like show me your papers. I have a very big problem with that. Um, and you know what? And I understood. And I understood. There's older members who want to feel safe. They wanted to start doing um, a kiddish, You know. So so somehow maybe do that for the. You know. But so I haven't gone to shul because I don't feel in in principle. That one should have to show their papers, medical papers, to go to school. Anyways, and, I, and for me, I'm not able to drive to another place, you know, where where they maybe more, have more relaxed rules. So that ha- that was a big uh, had a big impact for me, and still does. But other than that, um, I respect people's desire to to feel safe, but there has to be a balance. I think there has to be a balance. I think we've been missing that balance.
3: Why did you decide to reach out and, and try to speak about
1: this? You invited me to speak, and I, and I appreciate that. The convoy has invited me to speak. I don't know if I will. Maybe I will, you know, preach a mes- message of peace and positivity and, and connectedness and unity under God. We should, we should um, you know, to, to be a Jew means to be free from the tyranny of man. That's what Exodus was all about. And uh, we serve Hashem, we serve God, we don't serve mankind. And uh, when it goes too far, when there's overreach, as they say, uh, we should speak out and uh, have a voice. And I hope the, go- the government will listen to the people and find a way to, 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 to compromise, to find a middle path, you know.
3: And joining me now from Marmora, Ontario, is Lonnie Schwartz. Welcome to the CJN Daily.
4: It's nice to be welcomed.
3: What's your, what's your take on this truckers protest.
4: Well, let's let's address the elephant in the room, shall we say there was obviously objectionable flags present in the onset. And a lot of people at that protest recognized that right away and self policed it. And obviously, it's something our community feels strongly against. So I didn't choose to look at that as the example, I chose to look at the overall message, which in essence, is co opted, Right, People say that things get misappropriated. Well, this got misappropriated by tens of thousands, if not millions of Canadians now that aren't truckers, that are people much like myself, whose businesses for the last two years have ostensibly been closed because, let's face it, the federal government tends to dictate policy and then the provinces generally follow. I happen to be in Ontario, which has some of the strictest policies, not just in Canada, but in the entire developed world in regards to the restrictions that they put in place. And that is something that kind of led us down this road, is that our prime minister, whose job, and this is his job, not to just listen to the people who voted for him, but as prime minister, to be the leader of every citizen. Doesn't matter who they voted for. And the fact is, there are tens of thousands of them in parliament now and across the country that are just asking to be listened to. And what he's done effectively is malign them and name-call And that only furthers the divide by someone who is supposed to lead and unite. We want to understand why you keep insisting on being an outlier when the rest of the world seems to be finding a way to get along. Other countries that have similar socialized medicine policies, some of which have greater populations, the United Kingdom. And they found ways to say, you know what? We've realized that the science has progressed and that we need to move forward in a pragmatic way.
3: I want to hear about your particular experience in the last two years and how it's impacted you and your business uh, but first you please tell us about your vaccination and your you know boosters and and
4: i did get vaccinated i'm double vaccinated with the moderna vaccine i am fairly and appropriately saying that i'm a bit hesitant on getting a booster shot because i look at israel that has had four shots in a year and they're still saying well You know, this was not the efficacy we were promised at the very beginning. And I'm very pro-vaccine, in fact, right? Measles and polio is absolutely terrifying. And yet the most we do is if there's an outbreak, there's a little news alert on whatever news station you listen to that says, oh, if you were here, you might have been exposed to measles. Have a good day. So it's not, I'm not trying to minimize COVID. I understand it's very real. SARS-CoV-2 is a very real virus. Yes, people have gotten very sick out of certain age brackets. But that brings us to where I'm at. I work generally with children. I'm a goalie coach and my general clientele are kids. And them being shut out of social activities, out of sporting activities has had detrimental effects on them. This isn't just my opinion and how it's affected my business ostensibly for two years is... Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. What's the solution? Well, let's lock it down. Where are we going to lock it down? Well, we definitely need to lock down arenas and and gyms, and and we're sitting there going, what? And and seeing that you can still pack however many people in Walmart with no consequence, but having five kids on the ice, five in an arena that is two hundred feet long and ninety feet wide. So the optics of what keeps transpiring in regards to how they deal with this field. And I'm not the only one, like this is a cottage industry from coast to coast. And each province has had different lockdowns, but particularly here in Ontario, in, unless you found a way to break the law, then we were effectively shut out of our means of earning an income. And also from a mental standpoint, our sense of purpose,
3: What did it cost you, and how did you live for two years?
4: Tens of thousands of dollars. I've lost tens of thousands of dollars in revenue, and it's a fair question to ask because as the goalposts kept getting shifted, I had money saved. I had personal savings. I was like, okay, I don't need to take CERB. I don't need to take CERB. And then it was, oh, boy, I definitely need to start considering CERB. And it's come to that point because with each lockdown, it's, well, I don't have any money left. and And so... There are other opportunities right now. Full disclosure, I am applying for certain Ontario grants that I'm supposed to qualify for, and that will provide me with some sense of financial relief. But again, the pattern has been, and I've had friends who say, well, it's not going to happen again. Well, we're five lockdowns deep. So I'm a little cynical when I hear we're not going to get locked down again.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're a proud member of the CJN Podcast Network. Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. Thanks for listening.
2: Jewish comedy legend Modi and Hasidic rapper Nisim Black are coming to Toronto to perform live at UJA's campaign launch on September 7th. Visit JewishToronto.com to get your tickets today. Don't miss Modi and Nisim Black on September 7th. Go to JewishToronto.com for your ticket today.